Men, thanks for listening to our 920 Man Challenge podcast. These are Bible teachings that are meant to be discussed alongside other men in community at our Blankenbaker Man Challenge gathering, where we prioritize developing a competent and confident understanding of who Jesus is and authentic and intentional male relationships. We hope this teaching of God's Word grows your relationship with the Lord, and we urge you to unpack it in your relationship with others. Enjoy! Hey fellas, Mason Bramer here, sitting alongside Chris Burke and Sam Reeder. I want to welcome you guys to Man Challenge, the, the digital edition. We are, we are starting a series in the Psalms this week. We are practicing some social distancing. We're sitting in the block, which is sort of bizarre, sitting without some people. Shoot you some bows. But yeah, we're starting this week a, a series in the Psalms, this week looking at Psalm 1, but want to take a couple minutes just to orient us in regards to the book itself, why we're studying the Psalms. So uh, the word Psalm means song. So what we're looking at here is a collection of 150 songs. So these are songs that were sung by, by individuals, by uh, groups of people. And essentially what we're seeing here is, is a, a collection of different people worshiping the Lord. And so we want to look at this book and slow ourselves down and pursue worship. The Psalms do a couple of things for us. One, the Psalms teach us who God is. So we believe that um, the Psalms are a part of God's word, the Bible. And in the Bible, he reveals himself to us through scripture. He's telling us who he is. So we get to learn one, who God is. Two, in the Psalms, we really get a good look at who we are. So uh, John Calvin, who's a 16th century reformer, very smart man, says that the Psalms are like a, a mirror for the soul. And what he means in that is that there is no experience, emotion, um, trial, joy that you can have had that you can't find in this book. It is, it is a place for us to come to terms with who we are, our, our sadness and despondency, our anger and frustration, our joy and our praise, we see all of that in the Psalms. And so we get to learn about who we are. So we see who God is, one, who we are, two. Three, it teaches us how to interact with the Lord. So what's cool about the Psalms is they are the word of God, but also uh, they are the words of the people of God, their prayers, their songs to him. And so while we're reading God's word, we're also learning how to interact with him. And so they're, they're this inspired um, version of us to see how to pray. Mm. How do I intimately be in relationship with God? The Psalms are a wonderful place to do that. And I think where we are socially distanced in this time, fighting isolation is learning how to interact with our father. Mm. And all of that, knowing who he is, knowing who, who we are in light of him, and then uh, knowing how to interact with him in an intimate relationship, that's always going to inevitably lead to worship. Mm. So that's why we're studying the Psalms. Uh, this week we're in Psalm 1. Burke, uh, would you read Psalm 1 and then pray for us? <clears throat> I would love to. Psalm 1, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water. I love that picture. Which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff they, the, that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand 
in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Let's pray. God, uh, we're just grateful, um, grateful for uh, an opportunity just to come before you to open up your word, grateful for a country where we can do that. Uh, we can do that freely, God. Grateful that uh, we have technology to be able to connect with each other uh, and to grow closer to you and to one another uh, through the beauty of that technology. God, I pray we'd, we'd leverage that well for your kingdom and for the good of others. We thank you for your psalms, God, that uh, are real and uh, authentic. One of the most beautiful things about your word, God, the transparency of your word and uh, how you don't... Uh, deny us the ability to be authentic and, and display emotion with you and towards you, God. So we're just grateful for that. Would you open our eyes? Would you clear our minds? And would you uh, prepare our hearts just to learn more about who you are and who we are in light of that uh, through this powerful book? Uh, we pray that in the, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, great. So let's, let's jump right in. We're going to go through this verse by verse, mm. uh, Samwise. Verse 1 what do you see? What stands out? Why? Uh, what I would love to hear about uh, is blessed is the man. Just mm. if we just honed in on that very first line. For me personally, th this is the longest book in the Bible, mm. 150 chapters. And the dead center of the Bible, if you open it up, you're probably going to hit the Psalms. Mm. And the very opening mm. line for this whole book of songs is blessed is the man who dot, dot, dot. Mm. Right. And to me, that just that has to to speak to the heart behind how this thing was composed or arranged. It has to speak to what we are supposed to take away from it. Mm -hmm. So I, I would love to kind of unpack that for a minute, if you guys are good with that. Yeah, I think that's that is good, and it helps build some context to your point of the Psalms. Is the very first word not mm -hmm. only of this chapter of this Psalm, but of the entire book of Psalms, which are a collection of songs and writings is blessed. Hmm. Uh, and what's cool is you, you probably caught it as Burke read it. There's a distinction here of two pathways, uh, one that is going to be blessed and one that is not. And hmm. so blessed, um, we, we can kind of translate that into some bizarre terms in American psychology, but blessed hmm. uh, biblically means happy, hmm. joyful. Joyful is the man who. So if you're, if you're looking for joy, essentially this psalm kind of stands as a gatekeeper to the rest of the psalms. It's, you want to be happy? Hmm. You want to have uh, joy? Hmm. Here's, here are the paths. From a biblical sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, here are the paths uh, that you can take either to find that hmm. joy and happiness or as we'll talk about, to perish or destruction. Hmm. Um, so yeah, blessed is the one. But then he moves right into that negative context. Who does not? Hmm walk in step with the wicked, stand in the way that sinners take, sit in the company of mockers. Um, I want to be a little bit nerdy here for a second because I think this will be helpful, is the Psalms are poetry. So if I, if Burke said, this makes more sense. If Burke said, Nats are red, Yankees are blue, I'm good at baseball and so are, <laughs> what's the next word? Uh, you. You, which would be a lie in my case. I don't know how good you are at baseball. I don't mean to offend. No. But what I'm doing there is I'm utilizing rhyme to communicate something, right? I said mm. we sing songs all the time that rhyme. It's a literary device. 
And what we need to recognize in the Psalms is it's poetry. And I don't, uh, I don't know a lot of you guys who are reading loads of poetry, but what I think is helpful in seeing what the psalmist is doing here is they're employing a literary device. Watch, watch what they're doing. Uh, it's called parallelism. Hmm. Big word that means essentially, I'm gonna say a statement and then reinforce it, reinforce it by repetition and kind of adding on to that. So he says, hmm. who does not walk in step with the wicked? I think ESV says walk in the counsel of the wicked, mm-hmm. which is starting right here in the brain. You're, you're being, yeah, mm-hmm. you're being counseled. Mm-hmm. You're being informed. Uh, there's some level of influence here. Mm-hmm. Then it moves on to saying, moreover, or stand in the ways that sinners take. So now I've not, I'm not just being informed. My thoughts aren't being influenced. I'm now doing what you do. Mm-hmm. Mm. The, the wicked, I'm not pointing at you like you're the wicked. But then he goes and finally says, or sit in the company of mockers, meaning I, I have thought the way you think. I do what you do. And now I, I am who you are. Mm. I belong to you. It goes thought, um, behavior, belonging. And so if you remember the... We talked about it maybe in Galatians 6, mm. that Ralph Waldo Emerson quote, mm. where you, you um, he says, you sow a thought, reap an action, sow an action, reap a habit, sow mm. a habit, reap a character, sow a character, reap a destiny. Mm. And this is essentially the opposite of that. Mm. It's saying, who's influencing your thinking? And how is that influencing your actions? Because that's going to influence who you are, what you're doing, why, uh, the way you see yourself, essentially. So that's very conceptual terms. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it it progresses. (coughs) But uh, bring us out of the clouds, Chris. Well, yeah, no. Make that a little bit As you you normally do, that was fantastic. Um, I got to get myself out of normally listening to you and taking a million notes. I'll do that when I watch this back live. But um, that was fantastic. I, I just... You know, as you go through that concept, to me, I, I find it uh, very applicable to a struggle that a lot of men face mm-hmm. with, okay, I've come to this faith or I'm starting to believe in, in, in Christ and what I think he has for me, mm-hmm. or I've entered into a man challenge group and they all seem to know this Jesus cat mm-hmm. and talk about... Um, beliefs and behaviors and priorities that are a little different than I'm used to. But here's my problem. I got this group of dudes that I've been running with for a long time Mm. and they don't, they they don't act like that and they don't talk like that and they don't agree with this. And so now what do I do? Uh, And now am I supposed to just tell those guys I'm out? How do I cut the cord with the counsel of the wicked and the, and, and not stand in the way of sinners? And how do I not maintain my allegiance to the, to the mockers. And the, the, the sad thing is some men walk away from faith, hmm. similar to the rich young ruler when Jesus says, Hey man, That's okay, you, you got it all knocked out. Why don't you sell everything you have and come follow me? And the guy walks away sad. There, there have been a lot of men that have walked away sad from yeah. faith because the truth is they kind of like their buddies. They like to run around in, in back alleys. Yeah. Hmm. And so at the end of the day, you know, I love, I love Galatians. You know, you're trying to win the approval of man or of mm. God, right? Uh, Jesus says, whoever acknowledges me in front of others, I will now acknowledge in front of my Father in heaven. And whoever doesn't, I won't. Like, so to me, it comes to an authority piece. Is, is God's word your authority? And if, he, if it is, then 
I'm not saying walk away from those relationships, but changing the nature of those relationships mm. to start to no longer stand in their way, but uh, more minister to becomes a much easier path to take. Um, but it is a real struggle. And the reality is, biblically, we find out that if, if that's what we do, yeah. we will not be blessed as, as the Bible defines blessed. And I feel like, I think, even thinking about your career in the major leagues, like just the influences you were around and the, the way you saw people being influenced, I imagine at that level, I could be wrong, is a lot of people are influenced by money, power, mm -hmm. fame, sex. Like, is that a reality? And do you, like, how did you see yourself distinguished from that and your mm -hmm. walk with the Lord in that season? Well, it's absolutely a reality and it's a, it's a tempting one. Mm. Um, but by the grace of God, uh, not only had he implanted his word in my heart, yeah. but I was, I was fortunate to have men that were living separate from the world. They were walking a narrow path. Mm. And it was very clear to me the difference between biblical fruit and worldly desires. Mm. Um, it was just obvious. Like this, this is good. This looks fun. This looks tempting. But that doesn't look good. And then as you get to know the, the, the humans that are walking along those different paths, it's obvious the overflow of biblical decisions hmm. and then the overflow of worldly and chasing after your heart. And if it feels good, do it. And yeah. if she looks good, chase after her kind of mentality, you go, well, there's a lot of unrest there. Hmm. There's a lot of brokenness there. Um, and, and, but you still have to be able to do that without the heart of self-righteousness and judgment, which was a process for me yeah. and still is, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, but I think it's very clear, even in the most worldly of circumstances, um, that God's ways are for our good, yeah. even when they don't match up with the desires of our heart. Yeah. And what I, following that progression, you know, it says, who's influencing your mind and therefore your actions and therefore your, your belonging that second verse, Sam, mm. says, uh, but, so we're mm. turning from negative town mm -hmm. to positive. Mm -hmm. You could even read it as, blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Mm. So what's, what's that mean? Sure. Talk a little bit about the law. I think in, in the Psalms and throughout all of scripture, we see the, the phrase, the law pop up a lot. Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, for me personally, when I hear that, I think of the Mosaic law, mm -hmm. I think 10 commandments. Mm -hmm. And I think a strict Levitical code, do this, don't do this on these months, make mm -hmm. this sacrifice. Yeah. And it's hard to connect with that. So I did some digging on this and this word, the law that the Psalmist used right in the opening of this huge book is essentially the same word as Torah. And so when we hear that, we can think the first five books of the Bible, and there's a lot more than just the Ten Commandments in there, that really when we hear that word, the law, it's really not just a list of rules. Rather, it's, it's God's wisdom. Mm -hmm. It's his instruction. Mm -hmm. And so when we see that the blessed man delights in the law of the Lord, uh, he delights in God's wisdom, God's ways, God's instruction. It's not like this overbearing code mm -hmm. that you're given to follow, but rather that this God, who, as we're going to read more about uh, as we continue through the Psalms, uh, provides his way, which, as we've seen over and over and over, is the best way. Uh, so the psalmist says he delights in the law of the Lord. But help me out here, because the key word in that is that he delights. Yeah. Not that he knows the law of the Lord, not that he's heard 
only the law mm-hmm. of the Lord, but that he delights in it. So I would love to hear probably what does the psalmist have in mind that, that this blessed man delights in God's wisdom and instruction. And also I think practically mm. how, mm. like how do we do that? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that, that delight, you're right. That's the sort of the key to our interaction with God and his word is, um, is this something I'm adhering to submissively, fearfully, frustratingly, or is it something that I cherish mm. and trust? And that's what you see here in this psalmist and the metaphor the afterwards about the tree, you see the life that's coming from it. Mm. I am day and night, I'm spending my time mm. cherishing uh, the, the word of God. Why? Because I trust him. It's where he's revealed mm. himself to me. And I think you see this um, particularly as Christians in New Testament mindset, you see Paul in Ephesians 6, right? The, the armor of God, he finishes with the sword of the spirit. Like it's, it's, there's a, I'd say there's kind of two folds to God's word in the way we can receive it. There's sort of the um, in need. Like mm. I delight in Psalm 23 when I'm anxious. I run mm. to the peace that exists there. Uh, but there's also this arming of self so that when battle comes, I've got tucked away in my heart. I've meditated day and night. I've so accustomed myself to the reality of who God in his word that I'm able to fight. Because it's in those pivotal moments, not that we forge our character, but that our character is revealed. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, crisis word. comes, Mason, real Mason mm-hmm. comes out. Mm-hmm. That's not the time where I need to start working mm-hmm. on my Bible memory. That's mm-hmm. the time where I'm gonna speak what my heart feels, mm-hmm. says, Absolutely. overflows. And so he is... Um, resting in, cherishing, nourishing himself with God's word, mm. but also arming himself. And what's real beautiful, a quick tie to New Testament is you see that in Jesus. Mm. In the wilderness, in front of temptation, three times Satan tempts him, three times Jesus responds with scripture. Mm. Yeah. He's armed himself. And then Jesus is on the cross. He's being, yep. he's being crucified. Psalm 22. And he says, my God, my God, mm-hmm. why have you forsaken me? Which to us, we think, oh man, dude's given up. No, what's he doing? Mm-hmm. He is quoting verbatim mm-hmm. a Psalm of David, Psalm mm-hmm. 22. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's what a, a picture of, of maybe good. what it looks like to cherish it. But I think you're right, the, the practical aspect. Mm-hmm. You're both men who I have seen uh, delight in God's word. I, I know the ways that you meditate it, uh, meditate on it day and night. And I think a lot of issues for guys is the practicality. Mm. How do I do that? Mm. I, I'd love to, but it's weird. It's mm-hmm. foreign. It doesn't make sense. So well, but, I, I would also say that the, the practicality of meditates day and night, which kind of could, eh, what am I sitting in a room with my legs crossed? Um, just, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. To me, I read that and correct me if I'm wrong, but the way life comes at me, decisions I'm making, conversations that I'm having, mm. uh, interactions that I'm forced to react to, all flow through God's wisdom in my life. Mm. So there is no situation that comes to me that I, is apart from the law of the Lord. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so That's really good. Yeah. even if it's as simple as a negative interaction that I had the other day on the golf course where <laughs> my brother got yelled at by a lady for peeing in the woods because she couldn't believe that he would do that in her backyard. He's 100 yards from her backyard across the golf course. But you, you look at her and you go, oh, my flesh wants to say so many things to you right now. Yeah. But whew, let, me, let me try to delight myself in the law of the Lord right here mm. and just tame my tongue. That's and, gr- yeah. and, and just, just 
just bite it for a second yeah. and just move. You know what I mean? Like I'm not apart from that day and night, meaning kind of with me at it's all comprehensive. times. Yeah. It's comprehensive. Yeah, that's not saying <clears throat> you need to have a 20-minute quiet time in the morning and a 30 mm -hmm. in the evening. Mm -hmm. That would be good. Mm -hmm. But what it is saying is uh, daybreak to, to mm -hmm. nighttime, I'm walking, delighting in the light of the Lord. But that comes from specific sitting in his scripture. Yeah, yeah. What do you do? How do you do it? And why? Well, yeah, I would say that the ability to, to flow life through, uh, and I'm, I'm certainly uh, not perfect at this. Um, anybody that knows me would, would testify to that. But when you connect to the source every morning, hmm. you know, similar to, to, to charging your phone every night and you wake up and the battery's full, when you plug into the Lord, when you, when you connect yourself uh, to the power of the Holy Spirit and you pray that God would use you uh, for his glory and the good of others each and every day, yeah. that becomes an easier task. It's never easy and it's never flawless, but it becomes easier yeah. when the connection of that relationship is consistent, it's intentional, um, and you're sitting with the Lord um, with him. And so for me there, I have a specific place. I have, which is for the good of everybody. Where's that at again? It's my tub. I think we've gone through that, but the bathtub, I have a, I have a specific place. I have a pretty uh, consistent time. Uh -huh. I'm going to go meet with God. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I do some other things in there, but there's a period of time where the world gets shelved and, and, and it's time for me to meet with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And, um, some days are eye-opening and some days are uh, not. Mm. But the consistency of that uh, breeds an ability to stay connected, hopefully, to the wisdom that is not from me yeah. that I long for and I need because you don't want to see my wisdom. Mm. It's, it's ugly. Some of you have. Mm. I need God's wisdom. Yeah. Um, and uh, I have to stay connected to it if I want that to overflow from me. That's good. What mm. about you, Sam? How do you meditate on God's word. That's a weird uh, word in our so culture. What, how do you do it? Quick plug on that word, right? Mm -hmm. Meditate. It's also the same original word where we get the idea rumination mm -hmm. or like a, a cow. We grew up with cows, a cow chewing the cud. Okay. So cow eats a, a belly chewing full of grass it. and throughout the day literally throws it back up in its mouth, chews on it some more to mm. get more nutrients out of it swallows it back down. I do that with salsa sometimes. Over and over <laughs> and over and over. And that's the imagery of just chewing on mm. this throughout the day. Similar to Burke, mornings are usually big for me. Um, but to kind of bring that back up over and over, that's one of the things I try to do, especially at work. Uh, if I run to the restroom, if I run out to my car, if I'm on a break, uh, if there's kind of a lull in, in business, I'll, I'll try to bring that word, that mm. passage, that scripture, that thought, that theme back up. Yeah. And try to parse it out or even just say, God, help me to mm. help me to root that in my heart. Yeah. Uh, so mine's, I, I try to keep it continual. Obviously, things get distracting mm. and you get busy and stuff. But that's one of the things regarding meditation. I've tried to make it uh, a, a, a perpetual mm. deal. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something we can do through Bible memory. That's something you can do through uh, singing psalms. A lot of worship music is based in the psalms. Just putting... Uh, Philippians 4, Paul says, whatever is trustworthy and noteworthy and mm. noble and good, think about these things. Mm. So just w what's in your mind? Mm -hmm. What are we filling it with? Mm. Uh, we, need, we need to keep chugging. Yeah. Yeah. That person 
who meditates on the law, who, whose delight is in it. And God's word is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Mm. Part one, I want to be that. Mm. Uh, but part two, what, what is that? Help parse out that, that simile a little bit. What does it look like there to be a tree planted by streams of water? I'll dive in first. Yeah. Uh, I grew up playing in creeks and streams. So there's some specific trees I think of when I see this imagery. And I think of these giant oaks mm. and uh, some water maples that were down by our creek growing up that were just these huge pictures of just towering strength and stature, yet simultaneously peaceful, mm. stationary. And I'm feeling my feelings right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah, to get yeah. in this Hebrew poetry yeah. thing. Uh, that, that this tree that's planted beside streams has all that he needs mm. and he's strong and mm. he's patient. He's not worried. Mm. He's not frustrated. He's not concerned. He's just resting. And that's a word that I wrestle with mm. a lot that I struggle to do. Yeah. That he rests in having all that he needs that's provided for him. Mm. Yeah. Like what a picture that is of the blessed man of God. Yeah, a picture of, of life, of strength, of endurance, what do you see in it, Bert? <clears throat> well, for some reason, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go kind of worldly here, but I think this is a lot yeah. of dudes will connect with this. So, one, I think if we polled the room, favorite movies all time. Same I think room. I think Tombstone would make the top ten. Would you all agree with that? I don't even know what that is. Oh, I'll be your Huckleberry. I'll be your Huckleberry. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Good for you guys. And I'm not a movie guy, but for some reason, this scene <laughs> sticks in my mind. Remember Doc Holliday? Remember the the uh, new actress in town, right? And and uh, um, uh, main character, um, uh, Wyatt Earp. Wyatt Earp. Yeah. Remember, they're like, you know, Wyatt's married, right? This new actress is in town. She's like behind him. And basically the scene is like, Wyatt's not going to pay attention to her. Mm. And Doc Holliday doesn't see it happening. And Wyatt just told, this girl comes up, tries to hit on Wyatt Earp, yeah. and he blows her off. And what's Doc Holliday says is, you're an oak. Mm. It's like, and, and, and it, it, it's, it, it just has this picture that's planted in my mind. Like, here's a dude that doesn't waver. Like, mm. he said he was not going to pay attention to her. Mm. And even her best advancement has him stoic and in the ground and unwavering from who he said he was going to be. Now, mm. <clears throat> I'm not trying to say that. Yeah. But you see my point, right? Unwaverable. So, uh, he, yes. And I think about. Buoyant. I think, Buoyant. That's your one for, for someone. But to me, Jesus talked about it in, in the Sermon on the Mount when he talked about a house being built on a rock. Mm -hmm. And the waves come and the winds come and they crash. And man, that house is built on a rock. And you're talking about an oak tree, a house that's built on a rock, this picture of being planted. Yeah. Um, and not that we're not flexible and not that we're, you know, um, viewed as standoffish or stoic or unable to connect with people. Mm. But man, our, our boundaries are, are black and white and there are certain places we won't go. And the temperature of the room or the, or the, or the, the way that culture shifts back and forth is not going to change. Uh, Some grounded in a, truth. A tree that's planted in the ground. Yeah, oh, I think is, is good about that. The, the sturdiness that comes with that. I think every man wants that. I, I, what I see, unfortunately, a lot is a counterfeit of that sturdy steadfastness that's apathy or mm, cynicism. Mm. And what's beautiful about this text is it says, not only am I sturdy, steadfast, but I yield fruit in season. Mm. Like I'm, I'm not mm -hmm. only 
alive. I'm life-giving. Mm. I'm bearing mm-hmm. fruit. Yeah. You see that in the fruit of the Spirit. You're not one of those peace, joy, love, patience. You're, you need to be all of them. Mm. And that, that sort of fruitful. Multiplying. Multiplying, mm-hmm. overflowing life whose leaf does not wither. Meaning when drought comes, mm-hmm. when storms come, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm still there. I, I, I might not be bearing loads of fruit in this season, but I'm, I'm planted. Uh, and then can, it says, can I give you a real life example? Of the, just yeah. that last, the last piece of verse three, whatever he does prospers. Yeah. I got a buddy right now whose dad just broke his neck and it looks like he's not going to be able to walk ever again. Mm. Mm. My buddy loves the Lord. The family loves the Lord. And obviously with the COVID-19 deal, like nobody can be with his dad right now. Mm. So his dad wakes up one morning, fully healthy, you know, the world, the palm of his hand. The next morning he's paralyzed in a hotel, in a hospital bed all by himself. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty big turnaround in 24 hours. It's tough to look at this passage and go, whatever he does prospers. Mm. I'm talking to a man who loves the Lord last night. He's telling me about how he can't be with his dad and his dad's struggling so much that he's even thinking, maybe my time has passed. Maybe I should just move on to, mm. to be with the Lord. Yeah. And he says to me, he goes, Burke, people who I know don't really know the Lord are calling me and asking me how I can pray mm. for my dad. Wow. The church has clung to what's going on in a way that is so beautiful and, and, and seeing the, the full force of the church that his dad is a member of activate. And you're just going... This is a man whose life has given him a really tough hand right now, but he's finding a way to see the good in it. Mm. And it just, whatever he does prospers. That's not the worst. Like, that's obviously not that's a not situation. not my 401k not being impacted by economic volatility. It's, I'm connected to the Lord. I can see things through a supernatural lens that is so far above the, the current climate of my circumstances. And I can see a way that, that the, the church is prospering. Yeah. through my dad's accident. And it's just like a beautiful lens a of being example. born yeah. again. I think that's the very next verse, verse four, kind of juxtaposes the idea of this tree with this, this image of chafe, hmm. which sounds like the total opposite of what you're talking yeah. about. I want to correct, oh, chaff, not chafe. Oh, chafe chaff. is what your legs do oh, after yeah, a right. terrible Did bike ride. Did I say chafe or chaff? No, was, we are all chaff. That's what we're okay. running with. Okay, <laughs> chafe, got it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I love that the psalmist kind of gives us both sides of the coin. Yeah. Uh, because as we've kind of parsed out that imagery of that that great oak, maybe uh, compared to the opposite path that we've kind of been looking at, uh, I'd be interested to hear if y'all have some wisdom on that. Verse four, where it says, uh, "The wicked are not so, but they're like chafe that the wind drives away." The wind. Yeah, I, th- I think that imagery, again, poetry. So mm. the psalmist is employing literary devices and saying it, that chaff is literally what you, when you harvest, it's the stuff you pick up and your little kids go, it's unrooted, mm. it's, it's flimsy, it is useless. Like goes the wherever farmer, the wind blows. Yeah, mm. the yeah. farmer doesn't even need it. Mm. They, they don't, I don't, I've got no use mm. for this. I spread it out to get rid of it. Mm. I am, I am, uh, not connected, I'm not rooted, and therefore, yeah, I, I am tumbling along. And I think that imagery is a great, you're right, juxtaposition mm. to uh, a tree planted by stream of water who's rooted in the word of God. And five says, mm. the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, can you pause for a second and just kind of dive in like, yeah. the wicked will not stand in the judgment, 
the judgment. They're not going to stand there. Uh-huh. Up top, we've got dudes uh, sitting in the seat of scoffers, and now they won't stand in the judgment. What, from a poetic standpoint, what's what's going on? Verse five. Yeah. So think Old Testament writer. This is pre-Jesus. Um, this person's understanding of judgment was probably a little bit different than ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. In short, essentially what he's saying here is what verse six really clearly iterates is that um, the wicked aren't going to last. Mm. And I think this is a cool little tie because th- the Psalms elsewhere talk about the wicked prospering. And you see it. You see yeah. evil, heinous men and women rise to power, rise in fame, mm. get some accumulation of wealth, and it looks like they're prospering. And that, that verse there is a promise. That's not going to last. Mm. That's not in for the long haul. It's chaff. Mm. I can, gone. And so does that, does that make sense there? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Sure. Uh, we, need to, we need to roll into to verse six, which says, uh, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Mm. And I think that is the mm. image of um, this psalm uh, wrapped up in those two verses. Mm. Uh, anything particular in, those, in that verse that, that catches your eye that you want to point out? I would just, you know, I think there's a pretty common, probably a wristband or, or, or some sort of movement at, at some point that, that <laughs> live for an audience of one. That was, you know, that was kind of a catchy term there for a while. But I, I, I do believe there's beauty in that image of the Lord is watching over us and not in this judgmental, yeah. you know, fire and brimstone, but like God is watching over us. He is our, he is our shepherd. And um, that's a good thing. Mm. You know, that's a good thing. Mm. Uh, we, we've had this new season, you know. I think it's, it's kind of a sweet moment I've been having with my son on the golf course. He, my oldest boy, Jackson, is really like falling in love with the game of golf. That's his only focus right now. And so mm. he's just like, Shh. he really doesn't want to hit where I'm not watching. Mm. Like I'll drop him off, throw him his clubs, I'll drive the cart up and I'll get to the green and be like, hit, bud. And I can tell he's like, wait, he wants me to watch. Mm. He's got this, he wants me to see. He wants mm. me to be able to correct or encourage. He doesn't want me to miss it. Mm. And it's kind of touching, even though at times I'm like, come on, bud, we got to get people waiting. Like, <laughs> I hit the ball, you yeah. know. Uh, but I, it's a picture of how we, sh- we, we should want God to be watching. I think, yeah. I think mm. sometimes as men, we like to slip away and we like to kind of retreat and escape. And I really, I hope God ain't watching right now. Like sure. we should want our good, good father mm. to watch, you know, what a blessing that is that he is. And those that don't want that or those that choose to, yeah. to uh, walk in such a way as if he's not, uh, that at leads to destruction. Yeah. Um, Which I think we need to do a good job. We talk about this in man challenge in general is when we ask questions of the Bible, of God's words, that we can know who the Lord is. Mm. One of those questions we always want to ask is, what's this have to do with Jesus? Because sure. this can almost feel like a works righteousness where I, if I do the right thing, mm-hmm. two thumbs up. If mm-hmm. I do the bad thing, uh-oh. Mm. But what we see is this verse particularly really clarifies there is a path uh, that is trustworthy, um, that is filled with truth. I, if, I, if I pursue a path that is pursuing truth, I will find life. Mm. And if I pursue a path that is void of truth, 
I will perish or I will find destruction. Mm. Look at the first word of this psalm and the last. Mm. Blessed mm. or destruction mm. or perish. Mm. Which of those do you want? And what's beautiful about God and his word is that we, I'm tempted to start trying to earn that tomorrow. What Jesus says in John 14 Mm. is that I am the way, Mm. the truth, and the life. I am the path that has the truth that you need that brings you the life that you need. And so we, we look at this psalm, see the delineation of a path of death and destruction and a path of life and goodness and steadfastness. And then we get to cast our eyes to the New Testament where Jesus says, hey, I'm path number one. Mm. Follow me, I'll be your good shepherd, which we're gonna talk a little bit about next week in Psalm 23. But Jesus calls us to this, this path uh, that is believing in him and his death and his atoning sacrifice for our sins and his resurrection and bringing us into new life with him. Mm. That, is, that is the path of mm. life that not only we, we are called to, but that we have access to in him. And so as you uh, move to discussion time today, keep in mind Christ's uh, claim to be the, the path that we are to tread, the truth that we are to, to li- rely on um, in the life that we are to receive. Before we go, and before we talk through discussion questions, something that we want to do well in this season mm. is pray the Psalms. So I mentioned at the beginning of, of this message that the Psalms are prayers. They are, uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer calls it the prayer book of the Bible. It is teaching us how to pray. Mm. And so we as men want to Pray these psalms together. So Sam, as we close in prayer, would you pray uh, through Psalm 1 for us? Absolutely. Okay. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Psalm chapter 1. God, by your spirit, would would you mold us to be the blessed man Mm. whose whose paths prosper as opposed to perishing? Mm. Lord, help us to be like trees planted beside streams of living water, bearing the fruit of your spirit, not withering under trials or scorching heat. Uh, God, may we be men who delight and meditate on your instruction and your ways uh, because we know that that path ultimately leads to life, Mm -hmm. eternal life, thanks to your son, Jesus. We ask that boldly in his name. Amen. 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 Well, fellas, let me read off this week's discussion questions and talk through them as you guys uh, break this down with your group of men. So first is, running back up to verse one, who or what are your most co- uh, consistent influences of your thinking? Hmm. Who's, who's influencing your mind? What ways are culture, um, the men around you, the, the, your coworkers, the Bible, God, who is influencing you uh, in your thinking? Second is, do you find yourself feeling more like a tree planted next to streams of water, full of life and fruit, or like chaff, weak, unstable, useless? Break that down with, with your men. Third, what's a, what's a story of a time the Lord proved himself faithful as you trusted in his word? When's the time where you saw him um, prove trustworthy as you said, God, you, your word and what you've revealed to me is. And then finally, what's a way, a practical step you can take to know the Lord better through his word this week. Hmm. Love you, man. See you, fellas. Thanks for listening to this week's Bible teaching from Man Challenge at the Blankenbaker campus of Southeast Christian Church. For more information on how to get involved, reach out to us via the email address in our podcast description or find us on social media.